0: You are listening to the Fantasy Joes podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are your hosts: Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood.
1: Hey, that's right. We're the Fantasy Joes. I am at Roto Librarian, Ryan Livergood. A little under the weather. We're going find it cold here, Will, but but I'll manage. And Will the throw Greenwood on the other end of the line in beautiful Minneapolis, Minnesota. Woo!
0: No cold here. Had that last week, and or two weeks ago-ish type of thing, where I was on Day Cool during the episode, if you guys remember. Lots of ranting and raving, but it's still just kind of my personality, so it may not change. Cool, <laughs> no I, cold? I don't think I'm I still noticed. here for you. <laughs> All right. Hey, well, we're going to jump
1: right into it tonight, because we have something exciting to, to discuss. This week, we fired up a Fantasy Joe's 2019... Midseason Superflex startup mock Draft. That's a handful to say. Well, um, Superflex startup mock draft. So it was great. We reached out to people that you know in league chats. Um, and we got a really good group of guys that are involved in this draft. It's you and me. It, it's some you know quote industry guys um, like John McGlynn from the Superflex Super Show is, is one of the drafters. Love the commentary so far. Yeah, ben Scott Connor from Dynasty Shell. All been great. Yeah, and some of like you know our, our favorite favorite owners um, that, that we're in leagues with. So it's a nice mix of people for this draft. And yeah, the chat for mock draft is unbelievable. So shall we just jump right into it? We're we're not even done with this thing. We're like um, what? Not quite four rounds complete, but that's okay. We'll we'll take the top of this draft and, and and discuss it. And we really wanted to do this because will values are crazy compared to two three months ago. Right? It has.
0: Yeah. It's been a great experience, like experiment so far. And I've been very impressed with the results just on like a, a standpoint of the dynasty landscape shifting. You saw this the year of the wide receiver when all of a sudden you all the top wide receivers are going in the first, you know, five, six, seven, eight picks. And then these last like almost two years, I feel like we've had the years of the running back where, you know, people will want to win now. So you're drafting those running backs in the first five, six, seven, eight picks only, you know, you want to get your bell cow guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, then you start extending that, you know, into the second round and you're kind of starting to, you know, maybe make some uh, some calls there. Uh, but quarterbacks weren't ever, you know, you had Mahomes a little bit this year. Uh, prior to that, I feel like potentially you could do a super flex startup and a, and a you know, QB wouldn't go until the late first. Right. And that'd be the first QB. And then maybe by the end of the second, maybe another one or two would go, but you would, you know, it would just be an interesting dynamic. So I think this midseason mock draft really reflects what's happened this season so far with quarterback injuries.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely, we reacted to these injuries. And, and just, well, one of the things I was talking to you about in Voxer, not only the injuries, but these younger guys that we really had a lot of hope for, that um, a few of them have emerged, but a lot of them haven't uh sam darnold uh you know people are a little bit nervous about him <laughs> after the last couple of weeks uh mitchell trubisky obviously one of those guys that some people had hopes for such as myself that clearly doesn't have too much longer in the league it seems um you know josh allen has put up some decent numbers but you know you, you still gotta worry about him there are all kinds of these guys he, are,
0: he hasn't looked good no he I, hasn't I feel like. like he's put out like so he's, he's basically been like a c-plus fantasy player and what you're banking on is a lot of that rushing ability and he hasn't been a great passer. He still looks like a bad passer. The the Buffalo's just good and I want them to do well, don't get me wrong. I'm 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 a closet Buffalo fan for this season. It'd be awesome if they if they won. I, I just, they,
1: they, well they're winning. I mean they're they're still winning. But yeah. we'll see how far they can go. And of course Baker Mayfield is the obvious one I I didn't mention in terms of the anchor QBs that and maybe maybe some of that with Baker is just uh, adjusting the second year in the league or bad coaching or offensive line, obviously, but let, let's jump into it. Well, and let's talk about where these guys landed. I don't think there's anything too shocking. If we take like, say the top six picks, right? Um,
0: you, of course, well, I, well I, and, and Ryan, Ryan too, just as a, just as an aside before we start, I what I'm going to have up next, uh, with this is that that dynasty draft I did with the guys from the dynasty trade calculator. So this was with, uh, eight people who, uh, write for like write fantasy articles and then four people who don't basically Uh, and then well let's say three who don't and then we have thor who's the college writer for roto world so i think that when we start to look back at the beginning of the season draft versus now just the differences uh, it'll be a good discussion i think that's a good barometer yeah consistency for for sure and that's also super
1: flex league right so
0: yeah there's a little bit more tight in premium so you get there'll be some oddities there but i think when we just look at quarterbacks in this draft anyway okay
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And just to throw it out there, so the idea behind this, in theory, we're starting ten. So obviously, you know, start up to two QBs, a super flex. Uh, only requiring you to start two running backs, uh, requiring two wide receivers, and then requiring one tight end. So, and this this is a PPR league, pretty standard. No, no tight end premium. We're assuming going into this. So maybe it is interesting to talk about what happened to the top, will, because at the one hundred and one. It wasn't the 101 probably from that draft that you did. It was Christian McCaffrey in our our draft here, this midseason draft. Was it Saquon yeah. in the draft you did? Yeah, it
0: actually went Saquon camara McCaffrey. Oh, interesting. Draft. So, def- yeah, this was also, you got to remember at the time when we didn't know about Zeke's holdout. So, there, I guess there's some variance. So, but I think that, that those top three weren't affected by that at all. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: Here, let me just do the top six. We'll just kind of maybe. Well, how right. do you
0: not take Christian McCaffrey in a midseason draft right now? Oh, I think that's the oh. slam dunk pick. You know oh, that I, I did too. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's uh, even though Saquon overall might be a better athlete with what we've seen from McCaffrey and his ability to hold up, and now he's in his third season and he's outscoring everybody. So if that that kind of positional advantage, I just wanted to like comment on that to say that if you're not taking McCaffrey one overall right now, you're making a mistake in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm okay if people take Saquon at number one, but yeah, how could you not right now in a midseason draft uh, take Christian McCaffrey? I I just I think that's that's hard for me to put my head around.
0: Uh, he could still get better too.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, but here we we've got the first six picks: Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Patrick Mahomes, first quarterback off the board. Dalvin Cook at number four goes off the board, which is interesting.
0: First surprise.
1: Ezekiel Elliott and uh, Michael Thomas at number six. So, yeah, uh, running backs off the board, four of the top six. Patrick Mahomes in there at the 103. And then Michael Thomas, 106. I guess the surprise there for me, Will, would – and I'm not saying it's a bad pick, but Dalvin Cook, I mean, what a what a riser, huh? <laughs> and this one he goes goes at the 104.
0: Yeah, I guess, if you, I mean, based on the season, and if you're not uh, a risk-adverse person when it comes to injury why wouldn't you know dalvin cooks had a great year and the vikings are showing that they're willing to build a team around the running game so that's uh i have my fears uh from him but uh, you know i don't think you can really argue with the pick because everybody's everybody can get injured so get the points while you can
1: yeah I, I, yeah you know, personally i i don't like taking i mean if you're the very top i wouldn't have, tra- would have done it
0: i wouldn't have done it either He'd yeah be end of the first round for me I'm right. taking a QB over Dalvin Cook uh, in this scenario.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, not to pick on the the, the the pick on the pick too much, not to criticize the pick too much, because um, I, I think it's probably fine and, and, and probably market value. But other than those, like, really elite running backs, like guys like CMC and, and Saquon, you probably throw Zeke in there. Um, I guess Alvin Kamara is probably still in there. I, I'm a little bit hesitant to take any running back in the first round. Well, I personally. think I think,
0: yeah, and I'm – and you know, Ryan, with me, I'm conservative to move the barometer too quickly for players, but this is, I think this is a good barometer of showing that, like, why, you know, the, outside of those running backs, you know, Dalvin Cook is showing that he's the workhorse and has a team built around. Like, I, I don't know, I feel like the Vikings are building around Dalvin Cook right now, into it's the run game in general, but that's what you want. So I, I don't, I'm actually not really criticizing the pick. It just wouldn't be what I would do because I'm a slow mover. I'm a slug when it comes to adjusting my dynasty values uh, mid-season.
1: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And, 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 me, and me too. And I think that's probably the way to go, but sometimes you could get, you can fall behind if, if, you're, not, if you're not fast enough. So, um, any qualms with anyone else? I think Michael Thomas is the dynasty wide receiver one. Do you, do you disagree with yeah, that? Yeah, my only
0: qualm is trading him away in the offseason, thinking that like he wouldn't get better.
1: <laughs> well, it happens to all of us. We've all made bad trades, he's, my friend. Yeah,
0: well, he's got, like, in, he's shown that he is a little bit quarterback proof. I mean, he has a, you know, he did well with the quarterback that wears two gloves. It's so odd. Nobody else does that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, let, let's move on because I don't think it's too interesting to talk about the top six picks. Nothing nah. um, really like out of the ordinary. Oh my gosh, mind blown there. Okay, the 107, you got Lamar Jackson. The 108, Alvin Kamara. The That's one, 109, yeah, Will Greenwood. Uh, the 109, Nick Chubb. The 110, Deshaun Watson. The 111, I took Russell Wilson off the board. And then the 112 was Dak. Rusty, Prescott. baby. <laughs> yeah. All right, so um, our next uh, uh, six picks here, uh, Lamar Jackson, Evan Kamara, Nick Chubb, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, lots of quarterbacks here. So this is different than the draft you did, right, um, before the season started. You didn't have well, – that's
0: five, that's five QBs in round one. In the draft that I did at the beginning of the season, there was one.
1: Yeah, five QBs, five QBs yeah well i mean thoughts i, I mean well okay, the quarterbacks going here are interesting and nick chubb being in the the first round um do you think i mean i, I think that's great because he, i mean he is one of those you, you know top tier running backs i don't know that i would have done it but i think that's where his value is and i think that's where he goes so i i do think nick chubb is interesting at the 109
0: yeah, so Nick Chubb actually went at the 111 to Izzy Alcafas from the DTC in that Superflex startup. Oh, okay.
1: okay. So it's not,
0: that's not a big value not, gap here. Not so hot, right. Moving up. And again, right. I think you just see the the Browns are a little bit of a mess right now, but they're not like a hopeless mess. And that's where this comes in for me where where somebody takes Chubb here because they've just – I get that, you know, Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham, you're going to be devaluing them because their production hasn't been good. Uh, but they – It has like you, they. I still feel like we have a silver lining to that dark cloud at the moment that's worth investing in, which is odd for me to say that about the Browns because you know my feelings about them,
1: yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so I think the other thing too is, is yeah, the, the fact that his situation I think it can only get better, the offensive line can only get better. I, no, I really like Nick Chubb a lot. I, I like him a lot. I, I just, I guess, it's just the, the thing that sticks out to me is like, oh, I don't know, first round seems a little high,
0: but I, I, I think that's where you gotta gotta go if you want to get Nick Chubb. Well, it's also if you're if you're not gonna go quarterback there and you're not gonna go wide receiver uh, in this in the scenario, I guess like I would still take Nick Chubb over like Juju or DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I'd struggle a little bit with Tyreek Hill at the moment uh, as we go down, but there's the line like Devontae Adams, Mike Evans. I feel like you would, you would be able to get uh, – you'd be able to move Nick Chubb for one of those guys right now pretty easily.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So the QBs then. Uh, um, Lamar Jackson was the second QB to go. We talked about QBs last week. That's not quite where
0: we had him. Um, well, but- no, and then Rodgers threw up a stinker and Lamar Jackson goes out and beats the <laughs> Patriots. I was, as I watched that game, I was like, oh, I'm so smart. On Sunday Such
1: night football. Yeah. Everyone's not. Yeah. 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 I still worry about Lamar Jackson though, a little bit. I, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, he looks great right now, but I don't know. There's something, I feel like we've seen this before with these mobile quarterbacks and maybe he's a little bit different, but I don't know. I just, I'm still a little bit worried. Well, yeah,
0: I still would not take him over Russell Wilson.
1: No, no, that's, and that's the thing or Deshaun Watson for sure. But I wouldn't take him over either of those guys. And the fact that Deshaun Watson Uh, win at the 110 i I thought that was a real value but but i think that's what's happening i think lamar jackson is that's why we wanted to do this right to see what's going on like how people perceive the values of these players and i think that's how most people feel i think they would take lamar jackson over deshaun watson which i don't agree with so another
0: 12 team startup it was the 205 is when deshaun jackson went and that was the second quarterback off the board after i went 105 with mahomes
1: yeah right right so amazing and where did lamar jackson go in that draft i was well, really
0: really hoping that uh just Watson i remember being in the room and it was it, it, i missed it by four picks you know coming back i uh, so right. i ended up scooping russell wilson which was fine but let's look at lamar jackson because i know it was early uh he went to 309 309 so still still i mean at the time you know before we really knew that's a that's a that's a hefty you know flag plan I, I i was impressed by it
1: yeah it was it was
0: he went right before Antonio Brown, who uh, yeah, revisionist it, history he doesn't like that pick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, and then, like, I was so thrilled to get Russell Wilson at the one eleven. We've we've talked about it. I mean, you know, top three guy for for so, both of us. So,
0: so, right. But this off season, you weren't taking Russell Wilson at the one eleven. What what's changed? Why are you Why are you moving him up?
1: Well, for for me, I, I think I just realized the value of. Established quarterbacks that that we know can get it done. I mean, I mean, Russell Wilson has a track record. Was he thirty years old? So he's right there in his prime. So he's going to play a, a a while longer. So I just feel like like with him, it, well, he's amazing too. I I, I guess my fear going into the season was that I bought too much into the narrative. Like he's in this offense, and never going to throw the ball, and and we we've seen that even in games where he doesn't throw a lot, he's so efficient. He's just so good. So that's just what it is. I I guess I finally opened my eyes to how good he is and the the fact that he's going to be playing the nfl for for many many more years so you know give me that guy that um you know can can put up those quarterback 1 numbers year in and year out and is going to keep playing and a guy i just can feel confident in because you know that that like do i i, I feel pretty comfortable saying russell wilson in 3 years is going to be a qb1 lamar jackson in 3 years i hope so but i don't know well i mean we haven't seen it yet so that's why well,
0: we've seen him be a QB1, just not year over year.
1: Not year over year. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean.
0: Yeah. I mean, Lamar, his long term, it's, it's very, like, if you look even like the Michael Vick years, it was a very bright peak. I mean, he also, you know, had dogfighting, things like that, other things on the outside. So, Lamar Jackson is new and scary. <laughs> I mean, like in the dynasty world, in the sense of we just don't know how to treat him, you know, with how he's going to hold up over time. Then you have a, another quarterback that relied a lot on running and like Cam Newton. And now that he's hit 30, you know, he's starting to go downhill, but I mean, that shouldn't be a comparison to Lamar Jackson that we should worry about that in like three or four years. So uh, I've, this one, this draft definitely made me really understand the Lamar Jackson's value to, I feel like the the general community community. And I, you know, I, I really made me take a reassessed and deep look of how we should do this. I, I still think Russell Wilson is just, he's a hall of famer, elite, path like he's Drew Brees accuracy with with some legs when when you need him he's not running a lot but he he could you know right. it's he has that upside
1: right and then you know Dak went after the the last QB in the first round we've talked oh,
0: about I, I mean yeah letter about Dak after no nah. uh,
1: <laughs> I didn't think so all right but, I but Jake,
0: well I mean and so again like I don't hate the pick of Dak Prescott I just would never do it right Right. He's not even signed there yet. I'm, I mean, I'm sure they will, but I just I think he's like, you know. Again, as we were talking, I, is Dak Prescott really that much different than Matt Stafford? You know, like it's he's not that he's not that cut above. Where I'm in the first round, I want my pick to be the like you know the cut above player. I want it to be a difference maker at wide receiver that I really believe and that's in that top talent that week over week has the the ability to give you that advantage. Versus, I think Dak, I. It's, it's maybe once or twice a year he gives you those really big boom games, but it's not that week over week consistent advantage over your opponent.
1: Yeah. Well, what if I told you that Charles, who took Dak Prescott with the 201 came right back and picked Kyler Murray? So he he uh, locked in his QBs with Dak and Kyler Murray.
0: Do you like? That I'm combo? just very happy Charles was in this draft again because it's it shows you what somebody's willing to do for quarterbacks. I know it's a mock draft, so like you're not overly worried, but. This, this, you know, Charles, I don't actually know Charles personally, but great guy. Uh, <laughs> he might, he may might be in a Superflex League this year where he had, let's say, uh, Cam Newton and Ben Roethlisberger coming in, you know, to carry the team. Yeah. but he, So he's like, oh, I have two QB1s. I'm good to go. And now in that Dynasty League, he's scrambling. He's been scrambling for quarterbacks all year. So now the mindset of that player has says okay, I need to lock in some young studs here that at least have safe floors, which I do think Dak and Kyler do as far as their year-long value. So that doesn't – again, it's not what I would do, but Ryan, as you've seen, I'm not hating on anybody's pick overall. I do think it's interesting that he uh, drafted these at 4.42 and 49 seconds p.m. Eastern and then 4.49 (laughs) and 49 seconds p.m. Eastern. That is a a weird correlation. Okay. Because we're auto-picks.
1: It took seven minutes to think about it. I don't think they were both like, out of it. No, games. but exactly
0: seven minutes to the second.
1: Yeah, well. Maybe there was a, there's a strategy behind that that we don't know about that we'll, so, we'll see it, later yeah. in the draft. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, I'm taking those, you know, this draft would be technically for next year. I'm going back to the well with a, a receiver here of, you know, like even Juju, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Tiger Kills is a little scary, but like Devontae Adams, I'd put up there too. Like, I'd be, this would be my wide receiver range if I was drafting here. Before okay. I, I'm, I'm scoring on those quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, so I, I picked next here, and, and I decided, oh, I'm, I'm getting worried about the quarterbacks that are going to be left when I pick again since I'm at the turn. So I decided I've been burned by quarterbacks going down this year. I'm going to lock in a guy I like a lot, a, a guy that I took um, the number six. I don't know. No, you did. You took the number six, and I wanted him when we did our little mock for QBs. Uh, Carson Wentz. I thought Carson Wentz was a good value here at the um, at the 202. So I mean maybe not a good value, but a guy I felt I had to get because he wasn't gonna be around. So but later on we'll see there are quarterbacks on the board that I liked when I picked again. So maybe if I had to do it again, I wouldn't have taken wins, to be yeah. honest.
0: And in this, you know, looking forward to the future, you ended the quarterback run, but you didn't it wasn't intentional. You don't really know how the rest of it's gonna <laughs>
1: go. No, no. Um but but if I could could have looked into my crystal ball into the future. I, I i wouldn't have taken Wentz. i would have would have taken someone else um i'm not sure who though and it, it's interesting it would have been among these next four guys so the the top of the second round obviously we talked about kyler murray and carson wentz then the 203 jake took juju smith schuster uh Casey. i feel like Tuckett. i know
0: jake pretty well and i know that he's a huge juju fan still so yeah, he's, he's, he's one a, he's of, the of the least surprising picks in the entire draft
1: that tells us yeah
0: uh,
1: the, but the two of four, DeAndre Hopkins, two of five, Will Greenwood, our very own Will Greenwood, picked, Tyree Hill. and then two of six is Devontae Adams. Those guys will are all really interesting to me. We're mid second round for these first round picks. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, just crazy. So these are guys that went first round, and probably all the Superflex startups we did, in-
0: besides Tyree Kill, because he was potentially not. Oh well, yeah, there. yeah. Okay, of like, course. Yeah, but that's.
1: that's- Fair, okay. And
0: we we talked about it a little bit in Voxer. I'll explain my pick. Is I think Tyreek Hill is one of those uh, cut from a different cloth players that you see in the NFL, and it's very easy to see. Like it's very easy to see that Adrian Peterson was a better running back than the other running backs in the NFL, regardless of how bad the offense was in Minnesota, and that they were never going to be any good because of that. Uh, as a Viking, that's just a hard-hearted Vikings fan coming out. But uh, I, 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 you, it is a gamble that there is. A strong possibility that he is a terrible person and will be out of the NFL eventually anyway because of his conduct. But there's also the other flip side of that that he has you know he he had one major mistake in life and has been recovering from that. And it turns out that his partner has been a horrible person. There's there just there's a lot of cloud around that. So anyway, for sure, uh, I just decided to based on talent. Uh, I think I would take Tyree Kill right now. I mean, yeah, the startup, it's tough with the the risks, but like, I would, pre- like, a week over a week, who I'm starting, I'd rather have him than Deandre Hopkins or Juju Smith Suster right now.
1: Oh, well, for sure this year. Um, yeah, you know, for me, these guys are pretty close. I think I would have taken, because I, I, cause I, I took Juju over Deandre Hopkins in a startup this year. Um, I don't know. I'm, I was, it's, it's, these guys are all hard for me. I, I, I think they're all kind of a tier of guys, but I like your, Rationale for taking Tyreek Hill because I think you're right. There is something unique and special about him, and he's younger and he's exciting. Uh, you know, Devontae Adams. I know he's been injured. And he
0: for three more years, too, which yeah made right, a difference,
1: right? So, but it's I, it's hard for me to fault any of these picks. I, I just think it's inter- interesting. And there's an argument you can make. The 207, John mcglynn took Mike Evans. That you can argue that Mike Evans deserved to be taken before all these guys, right?
0: Yeah, I still think Mike Evans got gotten hated on so much, especially at the beginning of the season, and then all of a sudden you saw Mike Evans come back into that wide receiver one position on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which if you had Chris Godwin over Mike Evans or Mike Evans over Chris Godwin, you won either way. They're both producing. Like, <laughs> right. it's okay. You know, it doesn't it doesn't really matter how you rank one over the other as far as, like, being, like, really emotionally charged about it is the way I'll say that.
1: And I, I love this start because John took – Michael Thomas, then he, then he gets Mike Evans locked in. So, that's, that's a nice one-two combo for your wide receivers. Yeah. I like it. So, let, let's talk with the rest of the second round. So, we got Mike Evans, the 208. we got Josh Jacobs, which is a really interesting pick. I like it a lot. 209, James Conner. The 210, Odell Beckham. Oh, how so the money have fallen.
0: It's important to note, sorry to interrupt, but Josh oh, Jacobs would be running back seven in this draft.
1: No, it's good. It's, I'm, gl- I'm glad you, you brought it up. Um, then closing the second round, we've got Leonard Fournette at the two eleven and Amari Cooper at the two twelve. So the the latter part of the second round, you got Mike Evans, Josh Jacobs, James Conner, Odell Beckham, Leonard Fournette, and Amari Cooper. This is where this is per- getting pretty interesting. And Josh Jacobs, you, as you mentioned, the running back seven here. I I think what this is starting to show me is that people are starting to figure it out well that we're seeing it that he's really talented and he has he's a ways to go i I mean i'm not we're we're recording this during the game i think it's the second half of the raiders chargers game i'm not sure how he's doing tonight but um you know the thinking is once he gets more involved in the passing game you know he's gonna be able to put some monster numbers as his career goes on
0: i know he's at least had one catch so far but he's always looked good like he He looks looks really good elite, elite running back yeah he does uh so aesthetically passes the test uh i do think running back seven still a little little high for the raiders running back but like i when you look at the rest of these people going down the list uh and, and shout out to trey for for calling out you know that he thought josh jacobs would being closer to alvin kamara coming in this next season yeah uh, than what most people expected and we're seeing it right here
1: yeah yeah and he could still climb i mean i mean we'll we'll see what running backs might you have considered before Josh Jacobs here that are still on the board? I, mean. uh,
0: I still think Joe, Joe Mixon's up there for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Conner has actually dropped with, with the injuries this year, and he had a little bit of injuries last year. And there is that often – like, there's also going into the fourth year. You're not talking about, like, variance in a running back's career. Uh, it is a little scary to me. Um, scroll down here. Like, who went later? Like, I, yeah, I don't think – yeah, Aaron, so Aaron Jones has been a riser for running back for me, but I wouldn't be willing to take him in the second round. And I don't think I'd be willing to take him ahead of Josh Jacobs, but I might be, I don't know.
1: Okay. Okay. And we'll talk more about running backs here, but I think
0: that, I think uh, running back seven again, this is why it's fun to do this because Ryan, we don't do weekly ranks or, you know, no. we don't, we don't have like a rankings list that we update and argue about all the time with our dynasty ranks. And so these kind <laughs> of practices uh, really bring out some questions. And so with Josh Jacobs going as the RB seven, I'm like, ah, yeah, he, I mean, he might be, he might be the RB7. Like would I really be angry if somebody took like Josh Jacobs over one of the top six guys. Yeah. I'd probably be angry, but not that angry.
1: <laughs> all right. Are you, are you angry that, well, first of all, Josh who also picked Dalvin cook, James Connor, I thought it was an interesting pick and he's one of those guys I feel that is um, you know, is is a bit of a gamble, uh, but a guy that we really liked going into the season, a guy Will you in particular really liked. Ha- how are you feeling about James Conner these days? I mean, you talked about it a little bit with injuries. I mean, but do you think he can bounce back and and be this running back one next couple? I
0: I do, and I think next year having Big Ben come back and that offense revolve around like Mason Rudolph is bad. He's he's, he's it, bad. <laughs> like objectively bad, and. He's getting like you know, like Joe Mixon. It has the same thing, but even uh, even worst offense. So Connor's been able to produce with what he has. You know his injuries. There's some soft tissue things in there, but he's not like racking up concussions or he doesn't have the same like high ankle sprain two years in a row that uh, Leonard Fournette had. I do know he had issues with his ankle this year. So I'm still high on James Connor. If you're a not a non competing team, but you need a running back for next year, I think he'd be a guy to go after where you can move. Let's say like you have a Le'Veon Bell type of situation or maybe. Maybe he's a bad example because the Jets aren't like this this high prospecting team. But uh, you know, Mel- Melvin, if you have Melvin Gordon who's starting to produce really well, uh, those kind of things. If you if you can target a James Conner moving into next year, I think he, again his value will increase. So this is a so so by Josh. I think this was a wise pick without overreacting to this season.
1: Yeah, yeah, because it's easy to overreact. That's for sure. And Pittsburgh should be much better next year with with big Ben coming back. Odell Beckham is another guy that should be better, right? Um, got talk about how it got it slipped. I mean, late second round. This was Odell Beckham was going first round coming into the season. So
0: and He went ninth overall in that oh, wow. and that was by J.P. Hurley, who I then traded for. We talked about that trade. But right. how the mighty have fallen for a year of a dysfunctional offense.
1: And then I think Fournette and Cooper are both risers. Maybe Cooper not as much as Fournette, but I like the value with these guys here. I think we've seen that Leonard, Leonard Fournette can be the real deal, although he can't score a touchdown to save his life. <laughs> although the, the regression is coming, right? We keep hearing it. And Amari Cooper has just had a great year. I mean, he's had some like lingering injuries, but really hasn't missed any time from it. So um, I, I like those picks.
0: Yeah. I think it's kind of sad that Amari Cooper is out of Oakland now that they're doing well. But such is life. Yeah, well. I mean, maybe not really. He, he didn't do very well in Oakland. He looked good in the Dallas. I think, probably,
1: I think it was probably a win-win for both those teams. Um,
0: I am surprised, though, uh, at the, the next pick when we start at the 301, that he, mm-hmm. this, this gentleman didn't go sooner.
1: I was surprised as well. And this gentleman we're referring to is Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin, the 301. Um, also taken early in the third round, you've got Julio Jones, Baker Mayfield, Joe Mixon, Keenan Allen, and first tight end off the board, our tight end one, your friend of mine, George Kittle. Went yeah, George Iowa. Kittle and I
0: actually hung out at Iowa. I'm yeah, kidding, you were, we didn't go to college. This I was going to
1: say, you, you, you were a couple of years apart there, Will. I think. Maybe you're not,
0: gonna... not in mindset.
1: <laughs> well, this is true. <laughs> um, okay. So Chris Godwin, where, where's Chris Godwin for you then? Do you, where would you have taken him? Um, would you, you would have taken him earlier? You would have taken him maybe right after Mike Evans at the 208
0: maybe? I, you know, I guess this is the first shocker for me because uh, I don't think I'm a, a Godwin over Evans kind of guy, but I think I'm just having these receivers higher up in my, my general draft board compared to the quarterbacks. So the fact that he's going to the 301 here, you know, the 25th overall pick, I think that's a steal. Uh, I think I would have taken Chris Godwin over Mari Cooper. Yeah, I think so. I think I might have taken Chris Godwin over Odell Beckham at this point because I, I, there's some fear there. Uh, and I think that's it when it comes to wide receivers. I think the rest were fine.
1: Yeah, I think I I would take probably I'd probably go Cooper, Godwin, Beckham right now because I'll tell you what I've I've talked about this. You know my whole thing. The listeners know about my biases towards. Guys that show any like signs of being, you know, character issues or off the field issues, and you know, we're already hearing it about Odell Beckham about how he's starting to get upset. And I, I just, I think he's a bit of a loose cannon, and he's a loose cannon that hasn't produced now for a while, like you want him to produce compared to what you. Yeah. Want him for him. So he just, I, I, yeah. So I, I'd, I'd give me Godwin, give me Godwin over Beckham, but just all day right now. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that.
0: I also think there's a danger of Amari Cooper switching teams again with the contract issues and the way that Dallas' salary cap is working out. And that's third team wide receivers, man. It's hard to, it's hard to believe in.
1: Uh, yeah, it's possible. I don't even think they got to get it done though with him. I mean, they need him so bad. On but
0: they also need to sign dad. Like, they're, they're, and I've, the, there's been like podcast episodes dedicated to the Dallas Cowboys salary cap issues. Yeah. Not, not from us, but like from other people who really like dive into the cap, like they're not <laughs> a sound financial team. So
1: Right. Yeah. We've, we've talked about that before. actually. Yeah, yeah. So that,
0: I think that fear though, pushes Cooper down, at least for me below Godwin, which is weird to say, Chris Godwin's, you know, rise to fame, uh, I think is warranted, but I definitely, you know, one of my hot takes was to say that he's going to do poorly. I just kind of did that. Cause I think that, uh, uh, with the coaching staff and you know, the slot receiver, he's not going to do very well in Bruce Arians offense, you know, OJ Howard's still going to matter. And turns out I was absolutely wrong. So that's okay though, you know we live and we learn, and that that coaching narrative I think matters here. But and Bruce Arians was probably there for another couple years, right? So give me another couple years of wide receiver one production from Chris Godwin. That's fine. Yeah, that's just, like that's like, yeah, that's it feels safe to say that.
1: Right. So, I think other thoughts about these other guys that went here. You you got Julio Jones, oh. Baker Mayfield. Joe Mixon, Keenan Allen, George Kittle. I, I think that Joe Mixon's an interesting guy to talk about because, you know, we, we really like the talent. He's very good, but he hasn't produced this year. Of course, he's on one of the worst teams in football and that's part of it. Uh, so a, any observations here of the, of those guys that were taken from that, that group, who, which, which guy would you want the most?
0: Well, I think starting next year too, and looking at it, Julio is an interesting pick here. Um, because he's still going to probably be elite for another year ish, maybe. Yeah, I think we're worried about getting Calvin Johnson with Julio Jones too. Where yes. his body, he's had so many injuries just here and there, racked up over time. So I am very scared about that. So I wouldn't. I think I was would have just let him. Basically, in the in this scenario where you're doing a you know a, a snake draft, I'm letting other people pick these players, like like a Julio Jones. Um, Joe Mixon was actually somebody that I was considering. Or that I kind of wanted to slip to me in this third round because I feel like his value is at his all-time low, basically. uh, Besides the the rookie draft that first year, because that uh, Bengals team is really bad, but they and they've leaned into the badness. It's you know they're going they're going full there's there's slide there's uh, what do you call it turning into the slide to try to correct the ship, and I actually I don't think it'll work, but I get I get uh, worried about teams that have players such as like an AJ Green they're not moving them before the trade deadline either they really truly believe that they're going to be good next year or they're dumb. So it's a, we
1: know they're dumb. I mean that we know that that he's a dumb team they're one of the yeah players.
0: I think I, I want them to be good.
1: yeah, it's gosh like, like I'm with you on the Julio comments. I mean Julio's a great talent and and I think it's a fine pick but for me, I tend not to go for those older guys because I worry that they're just going to hit that wall. You know, we've seen it. But Julio's one of, you have to say, Julio's one of those guys that could transcend that. He could be like, I think in the chat someone was talking about, he could be like Larry Fitzgerald. and, And, you know, people keep saying, oh, he's done, he's done, he's done. And still he puts up several more productive years. That could be Julio Jones. So, I, I, I couldn't do it. Uh, I, I'd like the value of Baker Mayfield here where you're getting him with the, with the quarterback situation as it is. Although there's like another quarterback on the board I like better, but a couple actually, but let's talk about that.
0: It's also important here that I decided to, after the first two rounds, I was like, I'm going to fade quarterbacks for a little while.
1: Oh, that was your, okay, yeah. Um, And then George Kittle, I think at the 306, man, he's, he's fun. He's fun to have on your team. I like George Kittle a lot and he's very talented and I think we're going to see the best of him for in in 2019, the second half of the season. I think he's really going to come on. I just, I, I,
0: I think three is like the great value yeah. right there. Cause yeah. he's probably is the tight end one, right? In dynasty now is is, is Kittle.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel he is. I, I mean, yeah. we we've seen it, you know, Kelsey, um, and, and Ertz have, have slipped a little bit for various reasons. Um, you know uh talking about giving uh credit to, to trey again i mean trey all offseason is pounded like you know get rid of those guys while you can because um they're you know they're gonna slip in value and i really thought with all my heart that travis kelsey was gonna repeat his numbers from last year and i i, I fell into that trap and it just hasn't happened not that you're you know like travis kelsey sucks he's still doing well it's <laughs> still doing well but not, i really not, yeah. i really felt he had in him to do like have another huge year i just i don't know that was that was foolish. He's not
0: that week over week difference maker yet. No, that we wanted.
1: Yeah. yeah, he's not. So,
0: and I think also you get this kind of like weird FOMO with tight ends of like, oh, I could have grabbed Darren Waller and one right. of That's right. That's right. You know, there's, and it's not a wise thing when it comes to dynasty. In my like, we've seen Dar- where Darren Waller kind of come back to earth. You know, you're going to see these other tight ends. It, the the tight end landscape still sucks overall. So I don't think you should be upset with your investment in Travis Kelsey, but you see it in a mock draft like this, that, that kind of like, you know, you, I could have been smarter and I would have been the person to get Darren Waller, but maybe you, you know, maybe you wouldn't have been.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You do see that. You're, you're, I, I like that. You're completely right. Um, hey, hey, well, let's um, let's do the, the end of the third round since the fourth round's not finished yet. And then we, we can stop here and, and, and pick it up.
0: Um. it's already (laughs) great this has been so like such a great experiment (laughs) and I love sharing it and I know that you know pick over pick it can kind of drone on and talking about each player but this is a this gives such a good barometer for let's say your trade deadlines are coming up in your dynasty leagues and you want to buy or sell somebody you know if you want to buy Joe Mixon at, at the 304 and you have a competing team and you can send Julio Jones for you know Joe Mixon and you're moving on until next year, that, that could be a great move. It could be a league-winning move for them, and it could be a league-winning next year move for you.
1: Right. Yeah, and, and I'm sorry that we didn't include, like, 2020 rookies or 2020 picks because that was one of the things. Like, are we going to talk about 2020 players? It's like, no, 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 let's, let's not do that yet Like, because it's just, it's just too much. <laughs> I kind of feel like with this group, too,
0: when this one's done, maybe we should just fire one back up with 2020 picks in there. Maybe.
1: I, I bet we could do it. I bet that, w- that would be fascinating. But, but let's finish the third round really quick. Okay, we at the 307, after George Kittle was taken, at the 306, at the 307, we got Stefan Diggs. That's a round drop again. Yeah, a round drop again. At the 308, our own Will Greenwood snacked Cooper Cup. Yeah. At the 309, we got Aaron Rodgers. 310. DJ Moore was stolen from me. Jake stolen from me because I wanted him at the 311. But instead of the 311, I took Cortland Sutton. And then closing yeah. the third round, our last pick we'll talk about tonight, Jared Goff at the 312. So that's Diggs, Cup, Rogers, DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, and Jared Goff.
0: So, uh, yeah, well. our boy, our boy Carls started off. Uh, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Jared Goff. It's a full uh quarterback uh Hoot Nanny on that team right now.
1: <laughs> but yeah. I don't mind
0: it. I've I QB hoarded it in a draft and it worked out very not, no, I shouldn't say very well, because you had the Ben Roethlisberger. There's some injuries mixed in there and also some trades for Damian Williams. But uh I do think when you can see when you were at the ba- the middle part of a quarterback run slash tail end but then you can let you can maybe potentially start another one by taking another quarterback that risk is worth it and he kind of did.
1: Well, and also sometimes you know best player available um where in a draft like this if if you you know um Want to get a third quarterback and maybe you know sell one of those you took earlier just because it's like ah, I don't like the other guys that are here. I'm going to take the best player available if you can't trade back. Once again, we couldn't trade back. This is a classic classic example. The 311 where I took Cortland Sutton that I would have loved trading back in a real draft. I didn't really love my options here. I didn't love the value that was on the yeah. board. I really trading wanted to back too more. popular
0: now though. I feel like it's too well yeah, it rehearsed. Is.
1: Yeah, and, and, it doesn't, and in a mock, it doesn't matter because we're not
0: doing it. I'm just saying yeah.
1: that, I, I think it's, we say this every show. It's like, you know, you want to trade back, but you're right, everyone's doing it and it's hard to do.
0: Well, what I use these kind of mock drafts for too is what, what people are going to pay for in an auction. Like this should be the way the list goes down in theory, like with prices. So right. we're going to bid on somebody in auction because I, I am such a big fan of auction drafting. I think that's the fairest way to draft and even trading for auction dollars, you know, with first round picks, and things like that. Still, you have, a, you have a market that you can play in. It's not this, this this uh, snake draft market that's all like somehow we've become so addicted to in the dynasty industry. I don't think that it's actually the best way to go about it. I, I really do prefer auction.
1: Yeah, auction anyway. auction is the way to go. And people are intimidated by that, but you shouldn't be because it's just so much fun. And yeah, it's it's a little bit more work, but I don't know. The it's it's much more fulfilling, and and you can build the kind of roster you want to build with an auction. So it's it's just a, loads of fun. Um, okay, so. You know, what do we think of these picks? So, you know, are, you probably would have taken Cooper Cup over Diggs had Diggs been on the board for you, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think we're watching Cooper Cup evolve into the, uh, oh, God darn it, I have the name, the old Patriots, the Wes Welker of our generation. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, huh? Like, and I think, but I think he has more longevity, like we're getting him early in his career and not on the Patriots. So I think that he's a safe, you know, wide receiver one that is not game script dependent at all. And I was actually very surprised that he was available here. Like I'm taking Cooper Cup ahead of Julio Jones easily. Yeah. Keenan Allen. I'll, t- I'll trade Keenan Allen for Cooper Cup right now and not think twice about it.
1: Right. Yeah, me, me too. I, I completely agree. And Cooper Cup is interesting. And remember the narrative coming in about the Rams. It's like, okay, we feel really good. still about these three wide receivers. It doesn't matter which one you have. In fact, you might want to fade Cooper Cup because he's come off of injury. But, I was you know, beating him Robert so Woods, hard. It's yeah, so right. Hard. <laughs> Robert Woods, Brandon Cook, um but no, um Brandon Cooks. Uh, but yeah, it it's he's the guy to have and and have going on into the future. He is just really good. And and the connection he has with I I did have
0: a little bit of FOMO of not taking Aaron Rodgers because of our conversation about quarterbacks last time. I still feel like Aaron Rodgers' value is still up there. And I wouldn't like if you were to swap this, and I were to get Aaron Rodgers on this team, it wouldn't bother me either. Um, but I just, I got, I got so tempted. Yeah, but it's great, it's great.
1: And I, I like Jake's pick here at the 310 with TJ Moore. I think we're just, we're just starting to see the scratch the surface of JJ Moore. I mean, he's been a pretty good numbers this year, and he, he has been playing with with Kyle Allen all year for the most. I don't part.
0: think he's putting out that, that good of numbers this year.
1: Uh, okay, what, what do you say? He's that? got
0: one touchdown so far. Oh, his touchdown it, numbers are low, I mean, his but target, his lie. target levels are up there. I'm actually—he's on pace
1: for 90 more receptions more. and over a thousand yards receiving. What, what do you mean? I mean, that's what? What do you want?
0: Yeah, I want more than that from the three ten. I don't know. Like, I would take. <laughs> what about what's Kenny Galladay's pace? Why wouldn't you take Kenny Galladay over? DJ Moore
1: because he wasn't a first-round draft pick he doesn't have the pedigree he doesn't have the measurables um, I like I like Galladay a lot and I thought about him even when I picked Cortland Sutton but um, I, I like what I'm seeing with Cortland Sutton emerging so I wasn't too sad about losing DJ Moore but um, they're they probably in the same tier you can argue I, I do think DJ Moore is going to to evolve are you, you know, starting DJ Moore
0: any of your teams week over week oh yeah l- l- several of them it's not a fun experience yet that's i think part of the no, bad taste in fi- my mouth
1: it's been fine though I, I i don't expect him to be wide receiver one i expect him to be wide receiver two three and he's he's doing that he's the wide receiver uh 22 overall this year
0: hey, but what about points per game
1: uh let's see ppr 13.7 points per
0: game but like where does that put him in the is that still 22 or is it
1: well let me resort the rankings based on fantasy points per game and he, might move up a he is, bit, he's he's, thir- he's 30 no he's 31 so he's ahead of Adam Thielen though, uh, but of yeah, Antonio and
0: Brown's in there too. So put him at like thirty-ish. Uh, I would just, like if it's in this, there's you have a thing that filters out one game sample sizes. Um,
1: I, I don't, but you know, so he's in that range of like John Brown,
0: uh, Scary
1: Terry, Tyler Boyd. You know, he's like he's in, in the neighborhood with those guys.
0: Yeah, that's what worries me. I feel like for the this young of a pick. Uh, at that point, like I, I think I want a little bit more, or I'm I'm going a different positional player.
1: So well, like like I, 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 just, like I might
0: I would think I, I think I would take Travis Kelsey over DJ Moore.
1: Okay, DJ Moore is 22 years old though. I mean, I I just think remember he's the second year of the league. He's Kyle Allen's been throwing the ball, man. I mean, it's not like he's getting necessarily the most, uh, um, you know, accurate quality targets from Kyle Allen. So I I think there's potential for a lot more personally. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. <laughs> well, and I'll, ag- uh, no, I'll I present agree. You I'll present exhibit agree. a Corey Davis. <laughs> I'll, I'll agree that uh, there's definitely
0: potential for more. I guess I'm just expressing my fears. With more
1: potential for more. I like, I see what you did. there. That's very clever.
0: Ooh. Yeah. I held out the O to <laughs> Moore. All
1: right. Uh, well, I'm, I know, I know I'm a total wuss, but I, I am starting to fade because of this cold man. So do you want to add any other, other final thoughts about these last, Six picks here, or yeah, DJ Moore will make you
0: tired. Ryan Livergood (laughs) is an example of that. Good night, you be well. All right, you don't want to say anything else? All right, all right. No, I think, uh, and I think this is going to be a continued conversation, yeah. And it'll be just very interesting to see how even after this week's games, how we feel about the draft, you know, next week. And this is such a good practice, and I think even in your own terms, if you if you have time just to go down. And you just write names just briefly, a rough draft of like your top twelve positional players at each spot, and think about it uh, for your moves that you want to make the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, very good. And some such such
0: great advice, I think. Like and sorry, the mock drafts, I love it. And I'm putting a link into the show
1: sheet notes. I know you never look at them, listeners, but darn it, let's look at them this week. Look at the notes, and there'll be a link, and you can check this out. Follow along because as we post the show Friday morning. Uh, you know we're just getting into End of round Four, so you can follow along with us and heckle our picks on Twitter if you'd like. So, with that, we'll call it a night or a day, whenever you're listening to the show. Um, <laughs> we are the Fantasy Joes. FF Joe's on Twitter. <laughs> you yeah, can listen commute. to you can listen to us on Patreon.com/slash Fantasy Joes, where we do Patreon shows, a couple times a month, exclusively for our Patreon supporters. Thank you, Patreon listeners. And I think that's about it. So on behalf of Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Jokes. hmm